as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You are listening to 1% or less with him on his hard line. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Wherever you are in the world, you are listening to 1% or less with him on his hard line. So I want to say welcome. Welcome to the show. Hope everybody's having a happy Monday so far. It is May 2nd, 2022. And today, now today, what we're going to be doing, we're going to do something a little different. Okay, now we're still reading out of the Bible, but I want you guys to keep an uh, open mind here about something. Now, I typically read out of the New American Bible Revised Edition, okay? The biggest difference between what I read out of and what most people probably read out of, especially if you're Protestant, right? Okay. And now, again, remember, keep an open mind because there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. The New American Bible Revised Edition has seven additional books from the 66 books that are in the Protestant Bible. So the New American Bible Revised Edition has 73 books. Okay. So that means there's seven additional books. They call those the uh, apocryphal books. Okay. That's apocryphal, which if you want to know the name or the definition of that apocryphal, and I have no problem reading the definition of this because I'm going to make a point here. But it says uh, the meaning on the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, apocryphal, some cinnamon, cin- cinnamon, synonyms to apocryphal would be fictitious, legendary, mythical, right? It means uh, having the nature of something imagined or invent- uh, invented, implies fabrication or suggests artificially uh, art or artificiality. And, um, it says right here, actually in the Merriam Webster, uh, webpage here where I'm looking up apocryphal, it says, did you know that the Bible study, the term apocrypha refers to the sections of the Bible that are not sanctioned as belonging to certain official canons in some Protestant versions these sections appear between the Old and New Testament. More generally, the word refers to writings or statements whose purported origin is in doubt. Now, I could see why it's in doubt because it says right here, I'm reading out of the uh, the cover, that usually each book in the Bible that I have here always has like a, a little history lesson of where the book came from, who the author was, what the purpose of was, you know, things like that. Now I'll just read a little bit. It's very short, but it says the book of wisdom was written about 50 years before the coming of Christ. And its author, whose name is not known to us, was probably a member of the Jewish community of Alexandria in Egypt. He wrote in Greek in a style patterned on the uh, on that of Hebrew verse. At times, he speaks in the person of Solomon, placing his teachings on the lips of the wise king of Hebrew tradition in order to emphasize their value. His profound knowledge of the earlier Old Testament writings is reflected in almost every line of the book and marks him like Ben Syria. Uh, as an outstanding representative of religious devotion and learning among the sages and post-exilic, uh, post-exilic 
Judaism. Boy, that was a really hard word for me there. But it says the primary purpose of the author was the edification of the co-religionist in a time when they had experienced suffering and oppression, in part at least at the hands of the apostate, uh, apostate fellow Jews. To convey his message, he made use of the most popular religious themes of his time, namely the splendor and worth of divine wisdom, the glorious events of the Exodus, God's mercy, the folly of idolatry, and the manner in which God's justice operates in rewarding and punishing the individual. So, the reason I'm going to read this, because again, I try to stay very open-minded, and I read things that are against sometimes my beliefs, because I try to be objective, right? Because maybe, just maybe, I there always is that possibility where I could be wrong in some of my beliefs. Listen, we are living in a time, ladies and gentlemen, if you are one of those who has the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and you are fully awake of what's going on in the world, and you are part of the, uh, you have awoken in the mass awakening, if you will, okay, we have discovered that we've been lied to about a lot of things in our history, a lot of things in our history, but those are different subjects that we talk about on the His Hardline discussion. But I want to try to make a slight point here before I get into the book of wisdom. And we're going to read out of chapter 14, verses 12 through 31, because, you know, like it says in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and just for the record, this very well may go past 15 minutes. So just forewarning you, but like it says in the dictionary, it means fictitious, right? Or um, meaning like uh, they appear to be fabricated, right? But here's the thing. Back in those times, right, in biblical times, now this book supposedly was written about 50 years prior to uh, the coming of Christ. Now in those times, if you wrote anything, you were considered very educated if you were able to write most people didn't know how to write nor read and comprehend the bible so i find it very hard to believe that by and large that this book called the book of wisdom which i've read through this many times over i have no idea why they would consider actually i know i have theories but i have no logical reasoning why they would keep this book out because there is actually a lot of good wisdom in this, hence the title, the book of wisdom. And so I'm going to read something that is going to be uh, very profound and almost correlates with what we have known, what, what, what we're seeing with, uh, with today's world, all right, especially as we are starting to discover more atrocities about Disney, right, and the grooming and the pedophilia. I mean, these people that are in Hollywood and politics with, you know, with Jocelyn Maxwell and the Epstein Island. I mean, the discussion of what they do with children is just unspeakable. So with that said, I'm going to go to chapter 14 and we're going to start off with verse 12. Now, the subtitle of this is called The Origin and Evils of Idolatry. Again, keep an open mind here, okay? Because we're, and I'm going to stop and break some stuff down here for a minute, okay? We're going to start off here at verse 12. For the source of wantonness is the devising of idols and their invention, a corruption of life. 
For in the beginning they were, they were not, nor can they ever continue. For from human emptiness they came into the world, and therefore a sudden end is devised for them. For a father, afflicted with untimely mourning, made an image of the child so quickly taken from him, and now honored as a god what once was dead and handed down to his household, mysteries, and sacrifices. Then in the course of time, the impious practice gained strength and was observed as law, and graven things were worshipped by royal decrees. People who lived so far away that they could not honor him in his presence copied the appearance of the distant king and made a public image of him they wished to honor out of zeal to flatter the absent one as though present. Let's pause there for a second. So what we're talking about here is the formulation of idols. Okay, continuing. And to promote this observance among those whom it was strange, the artisan's ambition provided stimulus. For he, perhaps in his determination to please the ruler, labored over the likeness to the best of his skill, and the masses drawn by the charm of the workmanship. Soon took as an object of worship the one who shortly before was honored as a human being. And this became a snare for the world, that people enslaved to either grief or tyranny conferred the uncommunicable name on stones and wood. Then it was not enough for them to err in their knowledge of God. But even though they live in a great war resulting from ignorance, they call such evils peace. Now think about that. We're going to pause there for a second. Think about that for a moment. Okay. Then it was not enough. We're going to repeat this. Then it was not enough for them to err in their knowledge of God. But even though they live in a great war resulting from ignorance, they call such evils peace. Doesn't that kind, kind of sound familiar with today? We are at a very, very intense spiritual war between good and evil. We really are. And if you do not see it, I'm very sorry that you are not awakened yet. But we are in a very intense war. In fact, this war has been going on for a long, long time. But it is now ever-increasing. Let's continue. For while they practice either child sacrifices or occult mysteries or frenzied carousing of exotic rites, they no longer respect either lives or purity of marriage, but they either waylay and kill each other or grieve each other by adultery. Let's pause there for a minute. For while they practice either child sacrifices or occult mysteries or frenzied carousing in exotic rites, that's basically living in an abomination, orgies, right? Um, just really unspeakable things. 
child sacrificing occult mysteries, yet you better believe child sacrifices still occur today. The left, okay, listen, it's so disgusting, I hate to talk about it. It's people that were on Epstein's Island, you better believe, other than sexually abusing these poor children and the, 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 kid, the young boys and girls that were trafficked in and off of that island, aside from being sexually abused, you better believe that th- some of these were sacrificed. Absolutely. And these people deserve to go to hell. Continuing. They no longer respect either lives or purity of marriage. And that is very true. We're going to pause there for a second. They do not respect the purity of marriage. Continuing. But they either waylay and kill each other, which they do, or grieve each other by adultery, which they still do. And all is confusion, blood and murder, theft and guile, corruption, faithlessness, turmoil, perjury, disturbance of good people, neglect of gratitude, besmirching of souls, unnatural lust, disorder in marriage, adultery, and shamelessness. Pause. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody who writes this back in 50 years prior to the coming of Christ, I'm sorry, nobody just makes this up. Again, people think that these things that we are seeing today, abortion, Gay and lesbianism, transgenderism, transhumanism, child sacrificing, child ritualistic sexual abuse. You think this is a new age thing? I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you are not awake to this, I'm telling you this has been a hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years old thing. This kind of topic makes you uncomfortable. I apologize sincerely from the bottom of my heart. My goal is not to make you uncomfortable. My goal is to help you understand the evil that we are dealing with on this earth. We can no longer have our heads in the sand anymore. People have no problem watching gruesome scenes on the Hollywood set that we view on what's called a television set. Gruesome atrocities of murder and sexual abuse and God knows what else that you subject yourself to with Hollywood productions. But when it comes to discussing the real atrocities of human behavior, of evils, I should say, of of evil behaviors now and back then, nobody wants to look at it. Nobody wants to realize that that's a real issue and it has not gone away. So again, if this makes you uncomfortable, I guess tune out and I hope you come back for other readings, but these are real topics and we're not going to shy away from real topics. I was, I was directed by God to start this platform first and foremost to put out his word. This is part of his word because we all have the living God within us with those who accept and, and invite Christ on a daily basis in your heart. We all have a piece of the living God in us, and we all have a gift from God within us, and we all can speak truth through the Holy Spirit. So to say that this is fictitious, I'm sorry, I do not believe this is fictitious because we are seeing this very nonsense today. 
continuing. In fact, we're going to reread that again. In all this confusion, yes. Blood and murder, theft and guile, yes, we see that now. Corruption, absolutely. Faithlessness, we see that. Turmoil, we are experiencing that. Perjury, we definitely see that. Disturbance of good people, we're definitely seeing that. Neglect of gratitude, absolutely. Besmirching of souls and unnatural lust, yes and yes. Disorder in marriage, all the way for a very long time. Adultery and shamelessness, yes and yes. For the worship of infamous idols is the reason and source and extreme of all evil. For they either go mad with enjoyment or prophesy lies, or live lawlessly or lightly perjure themselves. And we see that with a lot of politicians. For as their trust is in lifeless idols, they expect no harm when they have sworn falsely. But on both counts, justice shall overtake them because they thought perversely of God by devoting themselves to idols and because they deliberately swore false oaths, despising piety. Last verse 31. For it is not the might of those by whom they swear, but the just retribution of sinners that ever follows upon the transgressions of the wicked. Not something you're used to hearing from your Bible, guaranteed. I know that book is not in a lot of your Bibles. Again, there's seven books that are missing. If we're just looking strictly at numbers for a second, okay, and I'm not saying that the the, the Protestant Bibles that are out there, right, the, the ones that just only have the 66 books, I'm not saying those books are bad, right? But if you're looking from a strict number standpoint, one thing Satan is really good at is taking things that belong to God and bastardizing them. Like the LGBT community. They take the rainbow flag and they use it as a symbol for their abomination. When you look at the when you look at the rainbow and, and what it means, it's actually a covenant from God, a promise. That's God's promise. So with the Bible, what Satan did here, somehow, don't know how he did it, and I'm sure there's some cockamamie excuse on why they took out these seven but here's the thing i read all seven books all seven should be in there because all seven quite frankly are just as important in knowledge and in, in wisdom as if it were proverbs or psalms they're very important books and i'm going to read more of them and i hope you can keep an open mind to want to listen doesn't mean that you have to subscribe to it but just listen to it as if i'm just reading out of another book Okay, but if you're looking at it from a simple number standpoint, what is a number that is attached to the devil typically? Six, six, six. Satan and these Luciferians like to use double and triple numbers, six, six, or six, 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 or nine, nine, nine.
So there's 66 books in the Protestant Bible. Seven are missing from the, uh, the you know, the, 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 it was actually the Hebrews, you know, I believe it was the Hebrew edition, right? The Hebrew version of the Bible, the Hebrew writings, which had 73. Well, seven, as we know throughout the Bible, is a very, uh, it's a godly number, just like three, right? The Trinity, one God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ, the Son. Well, seven, just like, you know, God worked worked six days and rested on the seventh, the seventh day, right? The Sabbath. Seven is a very important number. When you take seven away from that, from the 73, and it gives you 66. Again, I'm just looking at it from just a number standpoint because these Luciferians often look at numerology and they, they feel like there's power in numbers. So by having 66 books in the Bible, they feel like they put a, you know, a bastardization type of curse on the holy book. Now, there are some sources that I've talked to that I won't name unless they tell me down the road because I know they'll listen to the show, but... You know, I, we've talked and, and, you know, there's another book out there called the book of Enoch that's not in there. And I've been reading, I'm about halfway through that. That's a very interesting book. Again, something that should have been in the Bible. And Enoch was mentioned in the regular Bible. I forgot what, what book, but at the end of the day, outside of these seven that are missing from your typical Protestant Bibles, right? There's actually five additional books that are missing. I've always felt that there were more books that were missing because I feel like even though Jesus lived a very, you know, he died at such a young age, I felt like there was more that was put out there. But maybe not so much from Jesus' life, but I feel like there was more books that have has more relevant information that was supposed to come to us from God to us. And supposedly, from what I understand, that there are five books that are actually missing, not, not, not including the seven that I'm talking about, but five actual books that are missing. Maybe one day we can get into that. Maybe I can get some more information on that and I can do more research. But in the meantime, my whole point is, is that back in that day, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have, how do I say it? It wasn't common ground. It wasn't common knowledge for people to be able to read, write, and understand the the Bible. Those who read and wrote it were considered scholars. Now, if you're a scholar and you're able to write, I'm sorry, you're not making something up just because you're bored. They wrote something down that had a lot of relevance. Again, which is why it's called the Book of Wisdom. Now, it makes you wonder, well, why did they take that one out? Because throughout the some of that book talks about some pretty crazy atrocities by this evil wicked we call Satan and his little whore minions. So again, keep an open mind. You have to ask these questions. Why would they keep these seven books out? I've read all seven. I encourage you, go find a Bible, the New American Bible Revised Edition, and go read in them. Find out what's in them. Again, doesn't mean you have to believe in what you're reading, but at least read it with an open mind and just be like, what am I missing here? Why did they take these out? 
I did. Listen, I got a King James Version Bible. It only has 66. I got a Geneva, the 1599 Geneva Bible. I have the Founders Bible. Um, I, I, You know, that again, 66 books, right? I mean, I, I'm a Bible collector. I don't just have the New American Bible Revised Edition. I have like eight, nine Bibles. But I like the New American Bible Revised Edition because it has the seven additional books. And there is good information in those books. So anyway... I know we're coming up on 25 minutes, so we're, I guess we're going to end this here. I Again, I hope you kept an open mind while I read that. But again, what we saw there is no different than what we're seeing today. Just a different time period. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for all that you are, all that you give, and all that you bless us with. Thank you for another day of life and good health and for our families and their good, um, good health as well. Father, I pray that you use me in the way that you need me to be used for your will, for your plan. You know my life goes to you 100% and I surrender it all to you so that I may serve you and serve those who are listening on the other side of this speaker, on the other side of that computer screen or that phone screen, listening. I pray that anybody that comes here, comes here with an open heart and an open mind. But most importantly, regardless of what's in the Bible, the biggest, most important thing that we're trying to do here is invite Christ, have people invite Christ in their hearts so that they may be bridged to you in heaven. Father, I pray that this platform continues to grow because this is your platform. This is not mine. And I will continue to spread your word because that is the first and foremost uh, priority that I have here for this platform. Anything I say is unfactual and false, please let it fall on deaf ears. With all of this, I pray in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's all we have for the day. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day, night, morning, whatever time of day it is in your neck of the woods, because I see we are getting more listeners overseas in Iceland. I just got a few downloads in Iceland. That was pretty cool. Canada, the UK, Russia. Again, I'm getting more people in Russia. It's, it's crazy. I'm getting a lot of people in Russia. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us. And come back tomorrow for another 1% or less with him. Don't forget to visit the website, www.hishardline.com. I have revised that website, and I'm still making different tweaks and revisions and additions. And I will never be completely satisfied with it. I will probably always be playing around with it, trying to make it a little bit better, add something to it that I feel would be relevant for you. I hope you all have a good one. Stay blessed. We'll see you tomorrow.